What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. My name is Ben Hover. I am your host. As always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, we are coming off of a week five where we saw things somewhat return to normalcy. Scoring in the NFL was sort of uh, back in like a median range. The cash line in most games on DraftKings was uh, between 140 and 150. So, you know, just like a lot more normal. We didn't have to score 200 to to cash. So that was nice. But um, fairly tilting on many plays this week. It really didn't pan out for me personally in most ways. Still did all right in cash. But, uh, I mean, how'd you guys do this week? I mean, there was, there was a lot of tilt going around this week for sure. <laughs> yeah, very tilting week. Um I lost once again, so there's that. My GPP cash, though, so that that was a plus, but my cash lineup was very bad, and when you fade the top running back, that just hurts James Conner. How about you, Jared? How'd you do today? I didn't cash in cash, but I cashed in all my GPPs because I played Conner in almost every one, so that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, Somehow I cashed with Ty Montgomery. I don't know how that happened. I don't even know why I played him, to be honest little overthinking yeah so we can talk about that right off the bat because that game is really what decided um decided the slate um so the lions packers game obviously we have a lions and a packers fan on this podcast so there was a little extra heat going on in the group chat but um i mean all in all it was a pretty weird game i think um just i mean we saw what what was it like it was four missed field goals right from crosby yeah yeah, and, and just like just bad penalties. There were touchdowns called down on both sides. Uh, Valdez Scatling had one called back. Galladay had one called back. So this game could have been even higher scoring potentially, but um, it still managed to be pretty high scoring. Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback that you needed to have. He had 442 yards through the air and three touchdowns, and he was at basically like 3% owned in the Millie Maker, 3.1%. So he had 52 pass attempts. Usually you're not going to see them throw that much, but they got down early and, and were just sort of in comeback mode. So, I mean, Jared, do you just want to talk a little bit about what you saw out of the Packers today and how come none of us were on Rodgers? I don't want to talk about it at all, to be honest. But I don't know why we weren't on Rodgers, probably because of the injury. Mm-hmm. Because the Lions pass defense is not scary at all. Slate is not elite, as people think. Honestly, I'm putting well, that out that's just salty. <laughs> He's definitely elite. He just faced an elite receiver. Uh, not elite enough, you know what I'm saying? But Scatling, Scatling did his thing. The run game, they had to get away from him. But Aaron Jones was getting good chunks on the ground, and he was running pretty hard. I don't know why we were off Rodgers, because I was on Jimmy Graham. I liked Adams, but I didn't play him. Like, I liked him because... He's Rodgers' only target, but Slate is Slate is good. I didn't think Adams would do, what do you get, 30 points? Yeah, just about. He went uh, nine catches for 140 yards and a touch. Yeah, I figured he'd get he'd get around that, like 12 to 15. I didn't think he'd go for 30, so I didn't play him in GPPs, but I honestly don't know why we were off Rodgers because game, that game's always a shootout. But we were on the Lions side more than the Packers side. It obviously didn't work out only because LeGarrette Blunt vultured two touchdowns. The Packers couldn't score early, so Stafford didn't have to throw like that. And it was just a bad game. Uh, even though the Packers outgained them like 500-something to like 2-something. 
Yeah. There's some some crazy numbers. But like that that punt that didn't hit that didn't hit King. Yeah, well, um we were lucky enough to get blessed by Chris Spielman for some some really quality in-depth ana- analysis on how the Packers would be in a much better position if they wore black gloves. So, I mean, you know, I think Mike McCarthy needs to get that memo change the gloves uh, on the Packers so that they have a better chance of success in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I just hope, you know, I just hope things change, like Crosby gets caught. Because I don't know if anyone remembers, this happened a couple years ago. Oh, I remember. Well, he couldn't make a damn thing. Yeah, um, so I mean the stack you needed to have as far as the Packers was Rodgers to Adams to Valdez Scatling. So Scantling was only, or Scantling, I guess it is, he was only 3.3K on DraftKings, and he got 10 targets. So, I mean, personally, I faded that. I I know everyone was on him before the game, especially with Allison and Cobb out, but it just seemed like like a thin play to me with St. Brown, who did get some some playing time. I thought Jamon Moore was in, you know, in the realm of possibility to get some of that work. It didn't end up being that way. And I thought Jimmy Graham would absorb most of that as well. And he ended up getting 11 targets. He didn't do too much with that, only got like 13 points. Um, but he did get the targets. I also thought Ty Montgomery was a, a lock-in to get those targets, but he was the least used option uh, out of Jones and Jamal Williams. And, and yeah, like you said, like Aaron Jones looked good again, but same thing that the Lions are doing with Carrion Johnson, forcing it with LeGarrette Blunt. Like, they should be giving Carrion Johnson the work. He looks great. And the same thing with Aaron yeah. Jones. Like, Aaron Jones only got seven attempts again. Crazy. And that was probably because they were down yeah. right away. But Jamal Williams also started again. I could see it because, I mean, it's kind of smart to let Jamal Williams pound, like go up there and, and pound the defense and then Aaron Jones come break off some runs but at some point you just got to give your best player the ball well your best running back the ball not best player yeah the best running best running back the ball especially with Rodgers they say he's healthy because he was off the injury report he's not healthy no obviously no and he scored a lot but you could still tell that he's off like he was missing a couple throws that you don't see Aaron Rodgers miss and we've been talking about this for a few weeks so yeah I mean I felt like the Packers were gonna lose this game even a couple weeks ago when we talked about it like how they should just sit Rodgers because this game was a game they could lose anyways mm-hmm. and there's not really a point cause he got hit a lot this game a lot Yep, took two sacks back-to-back at one point. It's not worth it at all. I don't get it. Going over to the Lions' side of the ball, uh, so Marvin Jones was the most popular play. He was added to the injury report late. He only got one catch, I believe, for a touchdown. Um, Didn't really produce that much. He had one more uh, dropped touchdown, but that was on a miscommunication on a free play. So, um, I mean, that was was just sort of uh, out-of-rhythm play. The good Lions receiver to own this week was Kenny Galladay, and we talked about him on our Instagram live show, which you can see Instagram every Sunday at noon at 12 Eastern, right before the games kick off, where we recap, you know, all the all the late week news. So I definitely think that show is a good thing to look at. We talked about some of the plays that we had talked about on the previous pod, like, for example, being off of Doug Baldwin, who we were all on early in the week, and uh, we were off of him. That worked out. And yeah, one other thing... Did get one catch? For you. <laughs> yeah, um, he did only get one catch in a game that the Seahawks put up a ton of points, no less. Oh, Joe, you played him? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Damn, bro. Damn. I played. I went and played Lockett in my GPPs over Baldwin. Yeah, um, played him. Got a solid one catch. 
They put up 31 points. Hey, you played Melvin, though. That's a good That's a good start. Yeah, you know, speaking of Melvin, how did you feel, Joey, about uh, the other Melvin getting that goal line work? Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Putting in. Let's, let's throw a... Let's throw a defensive end in at the fullback spot and give him a carry. Let's see if he could vulture a touchdown from Gordon. I I swear, if he scored, I was going to rage. Yeah, that was when our group chat hit max tilt. <laughs> Good thing he didn't score. And Gordon, uh, the actual Melvin, Gordon, scored the next play. <laughs> the, so. actual <laughs> the actual Melvin? The actual Melvin. I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're on the Chargers and your name is Melvin, you're I mean you're in consideration at the goal line. We found that yeah, to be true today. Apparently, the announcers are like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have one of the best running backs in the league. Why are you Why are you giving the other Melvin uh, carry? Like, dude, these coaches try and get too fancy. It's 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 so too. Yeah, I mean, the real Melvin Gordon, you know, continued to produce. Had another 19 carries for 58 yards and a touch. Four catches for 62 yards. So, you know. MG3 continues to do it every single week, um, but that's pretty much to be expected. Um, let's see. We can talk about James Conner because he was a smash play, uh, a must play. Joey, another another overlook in cash. Um, who did you play instead of Conner? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really consider him. I don't know. I was just off the the entire uh, Steelers Falcons game. I should have should have known to play him, especially against the Falcons who literally just can't stop running backs for some reason that's on me he he went for 37 points and i faded him so yeah that, joke's on me right <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah. tough i mean especially a home running back in a good matchup with a 58 i think it ended up being a 57 point total but still i mean i get it i faded connor in some tournament teams just because like you know, I think it was pretty reasonable to see a scenario where the Falcons got up and they abandoned the run with James Conner. They've done that the last two weeks. Um, and James Conner's not the same, you know, pass catching back that some of these other guys are. So I, I, I see the reasoning, but I mean, just with, like we said, with the Vegas total being home, you know, Conner, they, they have more of a solid deadline on when Le'Veon Bell is going to be back. Grady Jarrett was out. I just think there was enough good reasons to play Conner, and I also thought he would be more popular than he was. He was only something like under 20% owned in like single-entry $25 double-up. So um, I thought he was going to be a lot more popular, closer to like 50%, and he wasn't, so he ended up being an even better play. So Basically, moving forward, you just play any running back that's playing the Falcons. Um, except except next gave, week, don't even bother. Yeah, I was going to say, are you any interest in Peyton Barber next week? <laughs> Actually, I, if he's around 4K, I do. Bro. Honestly, mate, no, for real. Just looking, yeah. looking at the start of the season for the Falcons, they faced they have faced Jay Ajay. They gave up two touchdowns to him. McCaffrey ate them up. Kamara ate them up. Uh, Gio Bernard ate them up. And James Conner just ate them up. It's kind of hard not to play running back against Falcons. Like they are not good against any running back. I don't know, but the Bucks obviously have some issues at running back with Peyton Barber, Rogers, and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is going to be a GPP winner next week. Wait on it. Yeah, it's it's expected that he's going to start. I believe. Really? That's interesting. Next week. There you go. Um. Yeah. Just. Star and you running back against the Falcons, and I didn't do that this week, so that's on me. Um, let's talk about some other plays in that game. Um, the other 
chalk play in that game was Vance McDonald, and that absolutely um, – I, I thought that was going to sink my cash lineup. He only got one catch for six yards. Um, I don't know. Looking back, 3.7K, I don't think it was necessarily a bad play, but, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't a good play either. He hasn't gotten more than five targets in a game. There's just not enough there to trust him, I guess, as a cash option. What we should have all done was play Austin Hooper in the same game uh, for just 3K, and Hooper ended up getting 12 targets. The Steelers are bad against tight ends. I know you mentioned this earlier on our Instagram show, Jared, and I seriously thought about it, and I was like considering switching up from uh, going down from Vance to Hooper and using that 700 to get up from Diggs to Thielen, which would have made my lineup so much better. I should have done it, but you know, I don't yeah. like to tinker late. But, yeah, that would have been a good call. Hooper was only 7.6% owned in tournaments too. So, I mean, at 3K when you're going to get nine catches for 77 yards, like good matchup. Hooper was Hooper was the play in hindsight. Yeah, it's just another yeah. uh, another bad game by the 1-4 Falcons now. I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. What is going on with that offense? They have no chance of winning the division. They'll never get ahead of the Saints. Um, yeah, their season is basically over, let's be honest. You can't come back from 1-4. and four. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's honestly, crazy. just just go ahead, uh, tank the rest of the season, you know, be competitive but lose, get a high drive pick, and then just focus on next year. I mean, they don't have to tank. They can just keep scoring 30 points and having, like, 40 points scored on them. That's fine. That'll be great yeah, for fantasy. That, that's also viable. Oh, yeah, I meant defense, not offense. Yeah, deep. what's up with that defense, I meant? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I mean, it's and just it's Hul- horrible. And Injuries. And Julio. Like, what the hell? Julio's not going to score a touchdown this, dude, this season. <laughs> he was in a pure smash spot this week, and he got shut out. Yeah, absolutely. He threw up a fat goose egg in the first quarter. First three quarters. For, yeah, yeah. That's, oh my God. Yeah. I got off him, though. Luckily, I went down to Thielen and Diggs. But still, holy shit. Speaking of Thielen and Diggs, um, they had good games. Um, Both of them. Yeah, Thielen was a good play. Diggs was a great play. They were two of my main receivers this week, and it ended up working out. That was one thing that went good for me, actually. Yeah, I mean... My, my GPP core on pretty much all my lineups was Diggs, Thielen, and Ertz, which would have worked out had I not paired them with Kirk Cousins, which you'd think makes sense. If Thielen and Diggs are both going to go off, you would expect Cousins to go off as well. But between the two receivers, there was only one touchdown thrown. Um, Kirk Cousins just didn't really produce in the spot that we had hoped. We were you know favoring Kirk Cousins to like Big Ben earlier. That was a mistake. Um Obviously, we didn't consider Rodgers, but, I mean, I, I would have played Stafford ahead of Cousins. Um, they were both pretty disappointing all in all, but luckily the receivers didn't sink you, so Thielen went 7 for 116-1. and one. Diggs went uh, 10 catches on 11 targets for 91 yards. He also got two carries for 25 yards, so both of them were pretty productive. Thielen, I saw this little nugget on Twitter, is – only the third player in NFL history to have 100 yards in each of his team's first five games. Um, do you guys consider Thielen to be, like, a top five fantasy wide receiver for the rest of the season? Like, is he in the category of the elite receivers? Yes. Um, Going forward for this season, I think he is, personally, especially in that offense uh, with Kirk and Diggs. And just speaking, just speaking about Kirk real quick, the process was right with him. He threw 37 times. He had over 300 passing yards. 
is just kind of unlucky that he just didn't throw touchdowns, honestly. Yeah. They they had a defensive touchdown. Um, He threw one touchdown to Thielen, and then they kicked three field goals. Ju- ju- it's honestly just, you know, what comes with playing DFS. He Like, the, the process was there with Kirk. Um, it was the right pick, in my opinion, at 6K. Just didn't work out this week. Yeah, and when, and one of the things we liked about that game is we kind of expected it to shoot out more. The Vikings' defense played a lot better this week, so we didn't get that game script. The Vikings were ahead for the majority of the game. The you know the Eagles started to show some life at the very end, but for the most part, they were held in check. So we didn't get the sort of passing environment that we had hoped for necessarily, and in, in, in the sense of like a tournament winning uh, scenario. Yeah, that but, last yeah. drive was gold for you, dude. They were playing, they were playing like like six deep, and just letting yeah. Zach Ertz yeah. eat them up. I know that, that was that beautiful. made me cash in my GPPs. Was basically Zach Ertz had three catches in a row and scored the touchdown on the third catch. Yeah, he got like almost ten points on that last drive. So Ertz, let's just talk about Ertz for a second. Ertz has caught ten passes in three out of the five games this season. I mean, his current pace is to go for about fourteen hundred yards. What are his um, last three games? Last three games for Zach Ertz. So he had. 11 targets this week, 14 targets the week before, and 10 targets uh, in week three. Week three, he had uh, five catches for 73. Week four, it was 10 for 112 yards. And this week, it was 10 for 110 and a touch. So yeah, 30 points, 24 points. He had 20 points week two. Um, I mean, this dude is doing nothing but getting – he hasn't had less than 10 targets in a game. Yeah, Carson Wentz loves him. And obviously Nick Fole, Nick Foles loved him too, but like uh, if he stays around that six thousand range, he could be a lock every week GPPs, and he could sneak into cash sometimes if you could find a low flex play. Yeah, I mean if if we hit some weeks with like injuries causing super running back value, I could totally see getting up to Ertz because he makes a difference in your lineup. Like tight end is such a wasteland. Like you have to play Ertz, I guess. I mean. He's honestly more reliable than Gronk in 2018. Let's just say it. Like, <laughs> uh, honestly, it could be yeah. a he could be a, a reason we play him next week if they play. I haven't even looked at the schedule next week. Never mind. No, they're, on th- they, they're on Thursday. Yeah, they play Thursday. Um, and I'm just gonna tell you, Jared, the schedule is nasty next week, man. Jared, when you get a chance to look at the games next week, it's disgusting. Like, it's gonna be the yeah. ugliest slate we've seen in a while. Like. I'm I'm predicting right now the cash line is going to be like 110. Let's see. There's some filthy games, bro. I know I saw the Falcons team total, uh, not the team total, the over-unders at 57 and a half. It's the only good game on the slate. No lie. For DFS, yeah. And everybody's going to everybody's going to pick from that game, 100% guaranteed. I like the Bengals again at home against the Steelers trash defense. But yeah, anyways, Going back to Ertz, it definitely was the move to to pay up for him this week, and it was a contrarian move, and you got him at a low ownership, and he had a great game. Um, this is some like that's something you can expect moving forward because a lot of people tend to look to pay down at tight end, so you could always be contrarian just by paying up every week. It's just finding those other plays to that can fit your salary that you think still have a good ceiling like the second place 
finisher in the Millie Maker had Zach Ertz, but he also had Odell and Devontae Adams, who also the first guy had. But the dude in second place had Willie Sneed, Valdez Scantling, you know, some low owned plays, Kenyon Drake. So it's just finding those finding those players to pair him with because he's gonna sit at that sixty five hundred, you know, um six thousand, seven thousand salary. It's just it's just hard, but it's worth it, in my opinion, to pay up for Ertz every week. Yeah, as Ben said before, in the smash shots, especially for the Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Patriots, and um, Eagles, pay up for the tight end in the GPP because no one else is going to pick them. No one's going to pick Kelsey, Gronk, or Zach Ertz at, like, 6,800 in GPPs. No one's going to pay up. They're going to pay for the... Vance McDonald at 37 or the Austin Hooper at 3,000. Yeah, it's like etched into our psyche as DFS players, pay down at quarterback, pay down at tight end, and pay up for running back and receiver. So I think just by breaking that mold, no matter what you're doing, you're going to be contrarian from that point on. And since other people aren't doing that, it pushes you into a unique like lineup construction as well. So, I mean, everything about it I think is a good move when 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 it makes sense. Like, yeah. don't force it. But, I mean, Although, just consider that. Yeah. So. Although the winning millionaire maker lineup did have Austin Hooper this week, so yeah. So I mean, it goes both ways. Like second place, like you said, had Ertz. So I mean, it it was probably. I mean, what was the point difference between the two? Do you know? Six points. Like it was probably. Yeah. Okay. Who's that, so. six points, Zach Ertz exactly. and Austin Hooper. Oh, nah. No, the, between first oh, and second yeah, place in the millie maker. Austin Hooper had sixteen point seven points, and Zach Ertz had thirty. So thirteen point three point difference. So I mean that's not too that's not like But that's what you would expect bad. if you're paying 6500 for Zach Ertz and you're paying what Austin Hooper was 3000. They both they both yeah, did what you even. wanted. Uh, Austin Hooper did yeah. a, li- a little over 5 times and Zach Ertz did a little under 5 times. Yeah. Mhm. Let's talk about somebody who didn't do what we wanted, although I think that we were right on the process. Um Joey specifically, I mean LaShawn McCoy this week. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about that before. The process was correct, and that's that's what you're gonna get with some of these players. Like you're on the right plays, it's just it doesn't work out, and that's what you see weekly, and that's what we saw with Lashawn McCoy today in GPPs. Um, you know, his ownership percentage was super suppressed, right? Like, do you know two, what it was? It was two point seven percent in the Millionaire Maker, and. He had a good matchup against the Titans. The Bills finally decided to work him in the offense and give him touches. He had 24 rushing attempts, and he had three targets. So we're looking at 27 potential touches. He had 26 because he had two catches. Yeah, and the Titans were out their best run-stuffing linebacker. The Bills were coming home. Um, the coaches had been talking about how they had to get McCoy the ball, and it makes sense because they don't have really any other offensive weapons to speak of besides Allen. I mean, so yeah, like we said, it, it worked out. I mean, at 4,900, if you're going to get 26 touches at a, in a home matchup, receiving work, rushing rushing work, like like you said, the process was there. But McCoy, he didn't get a touchdown. He was 15 yards short of getting 100 yards, so he didn't get the bonus. I mean, he. He only, he scored twelve point eight points. He only averaged three and a half yards per run, and you know for forty nine hundred, I felt like it was a great play going up against uh or going up against the Titans run defense, which is a good matchup for him. 
Uh, but like you said, it just didn't work out this week, but the process was there. And it made good sense with correlating the Bills D, um, who was another good play at 2300 yeah. So you, I mean, you could get that correlation super cheap. Um, the Bills D was only 7% owned in GPPs. Um, what did they score? It was, 12. It was yeah, 12. So, I mean, that that's golden. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it could have worked out. It just, it didn't. Um, the Bills did win that game, though, so. Yeah. Yo, it's so lit paying down for defenses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the move. I mean, all you got to do is get, like, if you get 10 points, you 5x. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I played, I played the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. I think that was it. Bengals were a good player. There, there were, out for there were a lot two of touchdowns. Deep, there were a lot of defensive touchdowns this week. Oh, and the Browns. And the Browns I played. All all, all low. All all under um twenty seven, I believe. I'll never pay like four thousand for a defense. Like it's just not ideal. It takes up so much uh, salary and like maneuverability in your lineup. Yeah, honestly. Like, whenever I'm in a cash play trying to fit someone in, the first thing I look at is, can I go lower on defense to get this player in? Yeah. Like, that's the first place I always check. And I'm just going to say right here while we're talking about defense for a second, I am so tilted that May got knocked oh out at the one-yard line. I had the bro. Jets everywhere, bro. That would have been so nice to get that. He It was the longest, like, interception return in Jets history, and the safety makes it to the one-yard line. He picked it off out. five like, yards deep bro. in the end zone. Runs it out, makes a few people miss. Well, not a few. He made like five or six guys miss just to get tackled at the one yard line. Like, bro, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't have the extra gas to get that one more inch to get the touchdown. Come on, yo, dude. who tackled him? Was that uh, was that Sutton? I couldn't tell you. No, is he number? No, boy, it was, was it? I thought I thought Sutton got hurt earlier. Did he come back who, in? It looked like 14. he was jogging at the I end. Forgot. Though. Yeah, 14, I think, is yeah, something. I'm pretty yeah. sure he tackled them. That's good hustle. I don't care. That's a never giving up. That gets you PT. <laughs> yeah. For real. I mean, that's yeah. facts, but I'm still tilted. And, I, I mean, we saw, what, Linval Joseph run, like, 60 yards down the field, his fat ass making it all the way for the touchdown. So, like, come <laughs> on. Come on. If a defensive tackle can do it, can a safety please? Like, come on. I mean, that is an extra 40-plus yards that you have to run, which is, which is a lot, but he still should have made that's that. That's facts. He still should have. He yeah. still should have got that TD. <laughs> Yo, I just saw something. That, that was tilting as well. Um, Adam Thielen got a five hundred dollars scholarship to D two Minnesota State, D two school Minnesota yeah. State, undrafted in twenty thirteen, and this dude is breaking records right now, dude. He's a beast. Just goes to show. Um, Crazy. Just never give up on your dreams. Um, you know. Just got to grind and hustle to make that tackle. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Stop for Marcus wow. May That's at the really one yard inspiring, line. Joey. Got to work hard, um, put in the put in the effort, and anything's possible. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> but, okay. But um, anyways, um, let's talk about uh, who you guys want to talk about here. Someone. How about uh, you brought this up in our chat, Jared? I mean, Saquon Barkley. We literally talk about it every single week, and then we don't play no, him. Nobody like, plays him. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> it's it's the most unexplainable thing ever, and we even talk about it. We're like, all right, this week, yeah, and he's, nobody's going to play Barkley again. He's going to score yeah. 20 points, and then we all proceed to fade him. And, like, what does he do? Understand. He scores again. Like, and, and – 
I mean, this dude is catching touchdown passes from OBJ. Yeah, this like, dude Odell said, Eli, you are trash, my dude. Give me the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, he a, said the offense doesn't take enough risks, so he takes that, the risks no, for, for him. real. That's fire. <laughs> Odell th- threw a touchdown before he caught a touchdown this year. Yeah. Who would have who thought? Sick. He's the best. He's the best quarterback on the team, honestly. For real. I know. I died. I saw a tweet. Someone was like, well, the Giants finally found their QB of the future. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so Saquon Barkley, he got uh 15 carries, turned it into 48 yards, and continued to show his production in the passing game. Got four catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Saquon Barkley is as consistent as you can be. He is paying off his second overall pick draft status. I mean, do you think that next week is a week we'll play Saquon? I mean, he's well Thursday night game probably not, but guess oh, who? True, guess who true. he gets the week after? Oh, it's a it's a Monday oh, night game. Damn, Atlanta. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! A, he's getting like fifty. Yeah, it's points. a Monday night game though. Yo, we I we can't we can't even play him because next week he has Thursday night, week after Monday night, then he gets Washington at one o'clock. By week, week after that Monday night. <laughs> So yeah. we could play him in week wow. 11 versus Tampa Bay. All right, yeah. lock it down. I'm going to set a reminder in my phone. It says, remember Saquon Barkley. Saquon, oh, he scored 28.9 points today. He scored over 20 every week. Every week. And I don't think he's been over 8,000, has he? Oh, twice. Yeah, he was 81 last week. Yeah, I don't know he, what he was this week. He was 8,000. Oh, okay. Okay. Two. So, I still, mean, I mean, still, yeah. it's good. It's still a good play, though. Even at that 7. price, 7.5% owned in the Millionaire Maker. Oh, my. Like, under 10%. Every Yo, time. and Odell. Just smash and play. What's Odell play done? Odell. Odell was 3% owned in the Millionaire Maker. But Odell's been snapping, too, hasn't he? Or am I, am I tripping? Eh, he's had good games. Um,. Not to the same extent. Today was his first really like, yeah, really good game. He he had uh 14 targets today, so they finally like force fed him. Um, he got eight catches for 131 and a touch. So I mean, he paid off for sure. A lot of catches, yeah. no yards, no touchdowns. That's why. I mean, if he just had better quarterback play, he would be destroying the league right now. Yeah. I mean, he's still clearly as explosive as he's ever been. It's just Eli is continuing to decline. So. So um yeah just. Just looking at another game that I want to that I want to talk about. How about them Chiefs though? So Mahomes actually did struggle to a point, but still proved that he's a like ma- like matchup proof, and that even his struggle games are good. So he didn't really he didn't score a throwing touchdown, but he still threw for three hundred yards, got a touchdown on the ground. He did throw two interceptions uh, against the Jags defense, but I mean he still managed to put up a pretty good game got that touchdown on the ground like i said and the 300 yard bonus on DraftKings. Um, i mean i don't yeah. think the chiefs are gonna lose and what convinced me of that is mahomes threw a pick the next play d ford sack fumble and the next play after that they're on the 10 yard line from a 40 yard uh throw from mahomes to kelsey like that's how fast that could flip you go from throwing a pick to two plays later in the red zone about to score the chiefs are Chiefs I kind of feel like it. they're in the red zone every time they have the ball. Like, it's literally like <laughs> like they could score from anywhere on the field, and I'm not surprised. Like, it's just nothing but chunk plays, Mahomes making magic. Like, it feels like one of those seasons where he's, like, just destined to be, like, the MVP and just lead them to 
to the promised land. I mean, do you think that they're that you know with Brady Edelman coming back healthy, who do you think is going to win next week? Just no, not oh, fantasy. Just where is, question. Where straight is up. Is it in New England? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I still like the Patriots. I mean, with Edelman back, that completely opens up that whole offense. Because now you have to watch for Gronk, Chris Hogan when he's on the field, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Sony Michelle, James White out the backfield. Like it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm just praying that the Patriots are favorites. They are minus one. The point totals. So you're telling me I get to bet on the Chiefs and I get a point? <sighs> yeah, but oh wow, they okay. they aren't gonna win. Nice. So the point total for that game's fifty eight and a half opening up. Should go I bet over. It goes up. That Should it's go probably over. gonna touch. It might it might touch fifty nine and a half. I don't think it touches sixty. I think people are gonna hammer the over. I think people are gonna hammer the Chiefs as well. And no, the that's gonna the. Patriots are a three-point favorite. Oh, they <laughs> opened up at one. That's easy money. They opened at one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, they opened at. How could the line have moved? <laughs> they opened two at three and a half. Well, according to the the score app, they opened at three and a half. Oh, oh yeah, I saw it when they just had the game up and one is just like a standard. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they opened at three and a half. Now they're down to three. Mm-hmm. So all the money's on the Chiefs right now, with the points. Mm. That's interesting. We probably won't cover much of that game since it's on the showdown slate, but maybe we'll talk about it some on our uh, preview show that'll come out on Thursday. Um, another quarterback that put up some production this week was Sam Darnold, although I think it was pretty fluky. I mean, this dude had three touchdowns on 10 completions. Like, that's just crazy. Like, I, I mean, I didn't realize that he was only at a 45% completion percentage because it kind of got lost in the shuffle. I mean, but every time you looked up, he was just throwing bombs to Robbie Anderson. So, I mean, I don't know. That That's pretty tough. I mean, obviously none of us played Darnold or Anderson. Like, Anderson was under 1%, right, in, in pretty much every tournament. The play was to play Crowell. That dude snapped, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Like when, because I don't really play in the Millie Maker, so Joey was reading me the teams in the top, and like Crowell wasn't there. I was super surprised. I thought he was a lock to be in the the Millie Maker team. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, actually, if he didn't get a lot of catches, he actually probably didn't even outscore Saquon, did he? Maybe with the bonus. Maybe, maybe no, because he didn't. Because he didn't get any catches. I don't think he had um, over two hundred yards rushing. He got one catch with twelve yards. I don't. Do you get bonus for two hundred yards? No, you only get one bonus. So 24, 30, 32, 33.1 maybe. Yeah, that's what he that's what he got. Still, I mean, that should be a great play like at essentially no ownership. Yeah, I wonder what um, his uh um salary was. What if the what if the Millie Maker was a single entry contest? They would never be able to fill it. I mean, they don't fill it either way. The only reason they get close is cuz a bunch of people max enter 150. Like 150 with 20 bucks. I, I, I think DraftKings regular, like, standard user amount is around like 30,000 people. Yeah, that's just uh, clicking the optimizer. <laughs> you literally make a stack, like, like probably 20 of your own stacks, and then click the optimizer for the, the 130. Yeah, you, yeah, you just put like two or three people that you that you want and then boom they just fill the lineup with with other players that they think 
have yeah. potential in. The thing is, I read a study on it, and, and basically they said that that's not like a negative. It's not like a plus EV move to do that because even though you're getting a lot of shots, you're still like you're paying 20 for every entry. So with the ratio like that ups your chance when you're talking about 400,000 people, like 150 versus one is not that crazy of a ratio. So it doesn't really raise your percentage. It just raises your like investment. It's it like, I don't know. I've never been a fan of that. And I, I mean, I'll never probably do that. And I just don't think it makes sense from a bankroll perspective. But I mean, you know, if you've got the money to do it and you're just playing to, you know, not profit you're just trying to win a milli like that's what people do because if you cash if you just min cash on half of those you're you're losing a lot (laughs) for cashing on half the lineups you're losing a lot you're losing what whatever that is fifteen hundred dollars yeah it's i mean forty percent of the money is in the top ten like it's the most top heavy tournament in on DraftKings because obviously you know they're giving a milli in second place is i think a half anyways so uh, or no, oh, I guess not. Oh, next week it's ten dollars again, but whatever. That's oh, besides bad. the point. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> going back to this week, we pretty much covered most of the important plays. There are just a couple more I want to touch on. We didn't really talk about David Johnson. So Johnson had a pretty good game. Uh, eighteen carries for fifty-five yards and two touchdowns. He also got two catches for sixteen, about twenty-one-ish points on DraftKings. Um, he wasn't really sneaky though. I kind of thought he was going to be a little bit lower owned, but he was about like 27.2% owned in the Millie. We talked about him. Pretty high everywhere else as well. Like, yeah, he was a good play. He was definitely a good play. He continued to be pretty unproductive on like a per carry basis though. I mean, he only had 55 yards on 18 carries. He just got lucky and got two goal line touchdowns. So it's good that they're not trying to face or I'm sorry, it's good that they're not trying to force Chase Edmonds anymore, and it's good that Rosen is making this more productive offense, but David Johnson still doesn't quite seem to be back to that status where he was one of the most explosive players in the NFL. They need to give him pass-catching work. Yeah, three targets again. Like, what did did the new coaching staff just not watch any of the Bruce Arians <laughs> tape? Like, No, they didn't. They just came in. Um, all right. You're not going to get any passing work, so it's okay. <laughs> it's insane. Like, who, other than Larry Fitz and Christian Kirk, who do they have? Like, Ricky Seals-Jones got six targets. No catches. Like, like come on. <laughs> just dump it down to David Johnson. So, like, you could see what David Johnson does. Like, just go look at his rookie tape against, I think it was the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles, where he broke, like, 12 tackles on, like, a dump off. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't talk oh, about yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben, how, how do you feel about that game? Three touchdowns, uh, broke a nice, I, broke a nice I little sideline, <laughs> nice little sideline uh, yard, uh, well, sideline touchdown, uh, tiptoe, tiptoeing down the sideline for uh, for a heartbreaking oh touchdown. That do- was like fifty points that game. Like I was, I was up by something like forty points on Joey, and like to decide who would go to the championship in our fantasy league. And he just has David Johnson left in the Eagles. And I'm like, all right, I got this. Like, David Johnson could score, like, 30 points, and I'm Gucci. Nah, David Johnson decides to get 50 points. Easy tackle the Eagles on the sideline. David Johnson just suns their whole defense and runs through them. I'm, I was, like, just staring at my TV, like, completely dead inside, no soul. I'm like, how did this shit just happen? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> 
I still have nightmares about that game. Like, I, I didn't draft David Johnson for two years after that. Like, this is the first year I even put him back into consideration as, like, an NFL player. That's got to be one of the biggest comebacks <laughs> on a one-person one person uh, slate. Oh, for sure. My biggest... Like, you only get, like, a 50-point game, like, a couple times a year. Like, Julio's done it. David Johnson has done yeah. it. But, like, you don't get that too my often. My biggest was only 30. I was done by 38. D'Angelo Williams, Monday night against the Giants. <laughs> D'Angelo Williams, that's 2000, crazy. 2000, like... Oh, my God. It was, like, 2008 or something. Carried me to 5-0. I think it was 5-0. <laughs> I was so lit. Yeah. Yo. Oh, by the way, I busted you in season long today, but we don't really got to cover that. Yeah, let's not forget what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but just um, on a quick other note, just um, I just looking at one of these prices for next week. Todd Gurley's ten thousand. Damn, he's ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, ten. That's insane. Dollars against what? He's already had against the Broncos. Oh That's my god! Against who? The Broncos? That's funny, bro. Matt Ryan's only sixty eight hundred at home against Tampa Bay. I said, I was telling Joey before the show, before the prices came out, if Matt Ryan is like, they need to make him like 7.5 to 8K to like make it a choice. Like if he's under seven, you have to play him in cash against Tampa Bay. We just saw what Mitch Trubisky did to them. Like, but I mean, we could, again, let's not get out of ourselves. We got to talk about this on Thursday, but I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I've never seen a player that high in my life. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty sick. But um, 10K, yes. lock, lock him in, fellas. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. This boy AB scored this... 31 and went down in price. Go ahead. You know, Joe Mixon came back. Yeah, Joey. He had a pretty good game. Yeah. What about that? I I still don't I still don't mess with him. So, crazy. you know, I just thought I'd bring him up. He he had a he came back, he had a good game. 22 carries, 93 yards. Um, he also had a receiving high. touchdown over Kiko Alonso, which was pretty nice. He had, uh, he ended up having three catches for 22 yards and one touchdown in the receiving game. So all around, uh, he had a pretty solid day. AJ Green went for six catches, 112 yards. Tyler Boyd busted this week when I played him, of course. He had four catches for 44 yards. Yeah, that was that busted a lot of my lineups, too. I mean, I thought Boyd was a super solid play with Gio out, John Ross confirmed out, and AJ being covered by Xavier Howard. So, I mean, Boyd only going four for 44 definitely hurt. Were you, were you guys both on Boyd? Yeah, yeah. no. No, actually, no. I went Ridley. No. Which, which, what's that, that just about as worked much, out probably yeah. the same. <laughs> what, what did Boyd get? Yeah, yeah. that's tough. Four, four for 44. Yeah, yeah Ridley had 7.8, whatever that equaled out to. Yeah, so about a one point yeah. difference. Just all in all, this week, um, pretty low scoring week. Um, forgettable week for me again. Got to keep on grinding, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, we can pretty much wrap it up here. I just wanted to quickly talk about one more group, um, the Jags wide receivers. So I got completely off of them this week, even though they were in a great matchup against KC. Um, I was more concerned with the weather. It actually didn't really stop them from getting a bunch of pass attempts, uh, pass attempts thrown their way. Moncrief had 15 targets, led the group, and I mean, pretty much everyone was debating Cole or Westbrook. Nobody was on Moncrief. 
at 4,100 this week. He got 15 targets, only got six catches. Keelan Cole had 10 targets. And Westbrook, who had 13 targets last week, only had five targets this week. So we see this receiving core just continue to be, you know, unpredictable. Um, So it's, it's like the kind of spot where on the surface, like they have upside and it's volatile, so there's not going to be heavy ownership on them. So you would think, like, yeah, good GPP play, but I also don't see how you could possibly predict which one of these guys to go to. Like, I think Keelan Cole's the best of the group. I think Westbrook is talented. Not too high on Moncrief these days, but he's getting the most usage recently. So it's like, what do you do with these guys? Do you just fully fade them yeah. or try and guess and, like, hope that you get lucky and pick the right one? Like, <laughs> Fully fade until there's some clarity, in my opinion. But but how about Blake Bortles? Yeah, Bortles was like a popular play that I was not on whatsoever. But um, I mean, it ended up working. Bortles out. is the only quarterback I know that will put up twenty eight DraftKings points with four interceptions and a fumble. You only get that from Blake. <laughs> Honestly, because he is garbage. <laughs> He's hot garbage. Yeah, he's a great fantasy quarterback, though. Don't know how, don't know why. Well, I mean, he also had that twenty-one yard rushing touchdown, and then. But that's the upside that we that we've talked about. Yeah, all those passes came in chunks too. I saw that a lot. Like DJ Chark had two thirty-five yard uh, catches. Um, a lot of them were chunks, but like, yeah, he's so bad that they get so behind, and then he just. Starts throwing it like he used to before they had a good defense. Yep, and the defense softens up, and he just, you know, takes the free yards rushing. Works out perfect for him. Shout out to Blake Bortles, yo. Anybody else you guys want to touch on? Um, uh, No, it's just, you know, pretty low-scoring week. We covered. John Brown got four catches on 14 targets. That was nice. So, just a quick <laughs> question for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna st- discuss John Brown because I don't even know. But who's one guy? Who's one guy that you guys will not play for the rest of this season? I don't know if I found him in um in NFL yet. Probably Julio, honestly. Actually, I even though I'm playing him next week. <laughs> dude i say that every week i'm like okay julio jones is not gonna score a touchdown then i'm like looking at this late i'm like this might be yeah bro that is joey just like george springer in baseball like i say i'm never gonna play him again and then i play him the next day so there's not like uh <laughs> someone that i can't i won't play other than like matt forte but he's retired you know what i'm saying so there you go matt forte so i'm never playing again i mean I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I don't really have I'm a good never, answer to that question. I'm yet. never playing Ryan Ryan Tannehill, ever. Okay. Tannehill. <laughs> ever again. He will never be in my lineup. Um, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, it's over <laughs> for you as well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm never putting him in my lineup again. I don't care how good his matchup is. Those are two people so far this season. Um, Jared, uh, how about uh, Fournette? Oh, yeah, no, definitely not. Actually, no, because he made me lose my matchup (laughs) last week in my season long because I I benched um, T.Y. Hilton for him. Tragic. And I'm never going to play Marquise Valdez-Scantling again for the rest of the year. Yeah. um, uh... (laughs) It's a hard hard decision there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So that is going to be it for us on this episode 14 of the DFS Dose podcast. We will be back on Thursday to preview all of the week six action on what is looking like an ugly slate to start the week. But uh, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Uh, you can also support us on Instagram at the DFS Dose. And then also on iTunes, you know, if you probably listen to it on iTunes right now, just go ahead, click that subscribe button. Um, you can search it up on the iPhone if you have the podcast app. Um, it's pretty easy to search the DFS dose. Click that subscribe button. If you're on an Android, which we recommend that you go to an iPhone, you have to go, <laughs> to a com- you have to go to a computer. All right, go on the computer. Go on iTunes.com and then search the DFS dose under podcast and then click that subscribe button. Leave a rating, five stars, you know, write a little review what you think about us and tune into next or tune into the next episode on thursday it's going to be a great episode and we're probably going to be at a lot of players so yeah and um you know if you do have an android you know you can always search us up on stitcher where we are we're also on podcast addict which is you know what i use for podcasts but i know i'm probably talking to like two other android users out there right now so (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but uh that's gonna be it for us this week we will see you again on thursday yep (laughs) let's lose that two other android users that is funny